What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, David Lake joining me. David, we are, I guess, not, not a week, but a few days removed from Miami's Bowl. We know uh, the injury status for Derek King. A lot to get into on, on this episode of the podcast. Going to talk recruiting, going to talk transfer portal. Before we get into that, man, how are you enjoying your New Year's Day weekend? Question mark. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I did the drive back from Georgia um, yesterday, which is Friday. So back in the sunshine state and 80 degree weather in January. So <laughs> that's good news. And uh, like you said, the news never stops. Uh, so let's get into it. What do you want to start with? Well, Let's start with, we are taping this at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday afternoon. So, mm-hmm. you know, depending on when you're listening to this, if it's Sunday or Monday or Tuesday, things can change and, and, and whatnot. Um, so I just want to get that kind of start there. Uh, so let's, let's now go to recruiting, I guess. Five-star linebacker Terrence Lewis announced live on NBC during the All-American Bowl declaration special on Saturday that he is headed to Maryland. Uh, Miami was the other finalist. There was also a Tennessee hat in there, but this was really Miami and Maryland, and he picks the Terps. Um, Would you chalk this up as a big loss or or what? I don't know about big loss, but... I would chalk it up as a disappointment, right? I, I, in my opinion, he is the type of guy that Miami needs to start landing if they expect to compete for championships. So I think he's a very talented player. There are certainly issues there that are concerning, which I get and should not be ignored. Um, but the talent is there and should not be overlooked as well. So, you know, is it a huge loss? No. Um, but again, in a big picture sense, you know, if Terrence Lewis is a, is a nameless faceless player and just, Hey, here's a, here's a linebacker prospect that is really fast and has some pretty good instincts. And and he's from South Florida and Miami did not land him. And he went to Maryland, you know, from my perspective, that's disappointing. What what is your take on it? Um, no, I think when you put it like that, yes, it's disappointing. Got to take the elite guys when you can get them, especially the ones locally. Would have gave Miami a third five-star in the class right. of 2021 and a third five-star on the defensive side of the ball. I also think when you look at Miami's roster, uh, primarily on the defense, we know that there is some talent lacking at linebacker or – uh, guys aren't on schedule like maybe we expected. So it would have been nice to add someone who's probably going to have a chance to play relatively early. And I also think when you say Miami's losing this guy to Maryland, it's like, come on, guys. Right. I mean, Terrence has never visited Maryland before. I mean, I don't think he ever brought up Maryland. I looked this up until I talked to him on December 12th, uh, which was after he decommitted from Tennessee, You know, took that sneaky little trip up to Auburn, Seemed like Auburn was going to be uh, the likely landing spot. Then Auburn fires Gus Malzahn. So I go and interview him, um, talk to him. I mean, like I drove back the, the day before from Alabama, the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game, uh, go and talk to him. And then he's like, oh, yeah, Maryland. I'm like, what? Like, where does Maryland come in, in all this? And 
you know, look, they, they went out in the end. Um, yep. And really, it's just a weird, I wrote this in, in the story I had to do, a weird recruitment, even by South Florida standards. Like, I, I think a lot of people forget Terrence was initially committed to Florida as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. He decommitted from Florida after attending Miami's spring scrimmage at Traspal Stadium. I, I got a photo of him throwing up the U uh, next right. to Khalil Brantley and, and Donnell Harris, right? So it was like, all right, is he going to go to Miami? Then it was Texas A&M, Nebraska, um, just kind of all over the place. The, the transferred schools after his junior season, was at Chaminade, all of a sudden out of nowhere, commits to Tennessee, um, saying all the right things about the volunteers then, like I said, he, he eventually decommits from UT after a trip up to Auburn. Seems like it's going to be Auburn. Um, then Maryland gets involved. Miami really in this whole thing was kind of like hot and cold. It was like, are they in? Are they out? Are they in? Are they out? Right. And, you know, I, to be honest, like I, I think they wanted kind of Terrence late. Um, so there's a sting factor and all that. But look, man, Miami's short on counters tight on counters right now and you know i think you could make a case a, a strong case that maybe getting a veteran at another position of need might be a little bit more important when you're looking towards 2021 yeah i don't i don't disagree with that um again my my biggest issue is just you know my the way i honestly judge um college football staffs and particularly the head coach. Can you recruit number one? So can you land the big time dudes? Can you win those battles? Number two, can you set a culture, um, a culture that allows, you know, that, that um, allows players to compete and develop and improve. And part of that is, you know, recruiting at a high level because when you have competition at every position, it improves the competition, you know, it, it improves the play of the players. No one gets comfortable. So um, from that perspective, again, it doesn't have to necessarily be specifically Terrence Lewis, who I do think is very good. And again, there are concerns there as well. Um, but Miami was top two in for, for Terrence Lewis, uh, battling against Maryland. You would hope that Miami could win those battles and it just didn't work out for, for whatever reason this time, hopefully in the future that changes. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't want people thinking that we were just trying to hype up the possibility of um, Terrence ending up at Miami like that. I don't was think a, you did. That was a legitimate thing though. I mean, on yeah. Saturday morning um, from what my understanding, Terrence had informed people inside his family that Miami was going to be the pick. I know he had started some type of paperwork with Miami or an application with Miami. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Which is even more interesting because Maryland announced Terrence as a signee. Um, So I don't know if he signed, signed like a financial aid or or, or whatnot, but right. um, Again, interesting recruitment, even by South Florida standards. And I, I got this question on the message board, like how annoying was this recruitment to you? I'll, I'll say this. <laughs> I think, I think there's like a lot of, you know, people that have opinions about Terrence Lewis and think so yeah. negatively of him. And, and yes, there's, there's been some issues in the past, but I, you know, he's always been respectful to me. Yeah. Um, same. 
you know, so like, I, I don't have an issue with him. Like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad it's over because I don't have to get any more questions about it. Um, but it is what it is. And I think we can kind of transition and move to what's next with the transfer portal. Cause now Miami definitely has three spots remaining. Yeah. Um, any, anything change or has your thought process changed about what they should do with these spots? A little bit. Um, okay. Why? Well, just, just the numbers I would spend at a certain position. Right. So I'll just, I'll just say it. So three spots left, right? Here's what I would do. I would use the spots for defensive end and wide receiver. I would bring in two veteran defensive ends, one year players, and I would go get an outside receiver that has shown the ability to make contested catches. I know, um, there's, there is a need for corner probably if my, if an elite corner or, or a good corner entered the portal, maybe Miami should go chase that. I think you could also make that case maybe for linebacker too. Um, but in my opinion, I would, I would go two defensive ends and a wide receiver. What do you think of that? Yeah. Um, so, so my take is, you have these three counters and if you're if, with these three, these should all be guys that you get in for spring football, yes. right? You know what I'm saying? So I don't right. think it's as important getting a corner in now as to, as opposed to taking some guy in the summer and then right. trying to count them forward. Now, who knows what happens uh, if there's any changes in the NCAA's thinking about how they want to twist the right. numbers and, and whatnot. But I do kind of agree there. Remember D Delaney, you know, I, I know there was, he, he wasn't maybe the best of examples, but he wasn't a guy that was in for spring. Um, right. wh- what about Adrian Colbert? Was he, I don't think he was, if I remember correctly, I, I don't really remember, but I think he was a, f- a summer slash fall edition. So that's just kind of, that's, I mean, that's what I would do. I, I, I agree. I, I think they need a, a, a true wide receiver, one type i mean yes. david i'm sure you watch all these bowl games um <laughs> and like it's pretty apparent man like you need guys yeah. that can catch the ball so go get a receiver and then i think you got to take edge players right so that's and, and you know there are two edge players that are local you know from from the south florida area i think in the last one we talked about them, one of them deandre johnson from Southridge. And then maybe that day, another one hit the portal. Um, tell us, tell us who it is, and, and maybe if you have an opinion on him too. Yeah, Owen Carney, uh, second team All Big Ten selection out of Illinois. I think he had five sacks. He is a big body. I think him and DeAndre might have actually been in the same class, but it's it's yeah. kind of the same story. You know, three star recruits. DeAndre right. was at Miami Southridge. Owen Carney was at. Miami Central like when they when you saw those guys you weren't like all right this is definitely a kid that could play at the big three in, in terms of Florida Miami and Florida State but you knew they were talented you knew they were probably right. going to go somewhere else uh, and they did and both those guys first couple of years on campus really didn't do anything but uh, they got bigger they got stronger and then they developed into really I, I would say all conference type players I mean I don't think DeAndre uh, made any sec teams but they're productive and, and right. now they're looking to play one more year so uh, it, are these guys better than quincy roche i don't 
think no. so. No, I no. mean, no, the answer is no, but, <laughs> but they played a lot of football and right. they have college ready bodies. So I, I think they should absolutely look into these two. You want older bodies on the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, I don't think Miami's in a position to, to hope that Jafari Harvey and Cam Williams and even Chance Williams take a huge step this offseason. I think you got to let that development happen at its own pace. And, and maybe they do, right? Maybe one of those guys does step up significantly. And, and even if that is the case, you, you would have a nice rotation at defensive ends. So I think, you know, and, and look too, game one is Bama, right? You're going to want older guys on the line of scrimmage. So I would use those two counters, two of the three on defensive end. You know, Miami can decide whether or not they think those two guys, you know, fit uh, to, to go chase. Um, but, but that's what I would do. And, and then the wide receiver, you touched on him from Montana, Samori Torre. Um, is there anything or Torah? Is that how you say it? It's Torre. I, I found a video of him on YouTube um, pronouncing his name and, you know, I'm not the best, but I, I want to learn it. So I'm uh, Samori Torre. Torre. Um, so what do we need to know there? Is Miami sniffing around? Yeah. Morning after the cheese it bowl. So that was it was either before or after we taped the last podcast, yeah. I exchanged some messages with him and he said he had spoken with Rob Likens. Um, and why does Miami like this guy? Aside from him being very productive at the FCS level, he's big. Like he right. is 6'3". Um, so someone inside the program asked me this question when I was just kind of talking about, uh, you know, what's going on with counters and whatnot. They're like, I was like, well, to me, you guys need like a, a KJ Osborne type um, in terms of right. someone that is maybe fringe NFL guy looking to take his game to the next level is going to come in, be, uh, is there to work. Like this is a six month stop for them to showcase right. their talents. And and they quickly replied, can you imagine KJ in Rhett Lashley's offense? Right. Like everyone could eat. So I think it makes sense. I, I don't really know who else is involved um, with Samori, you know, he's a native of Oregon and that Portland area. So it's kind of a weird recruiting area. Uh, it doesn't sound like the Ducks or, or Oregon State Beavers are interested. I believe Wisconsin has looked at him. Kansas State has also been involved. But if those are the two, and then you got Miami and Rhett Lashley, uh, I think it would be pretty appealing. Right. And, and if he is, if he is a fringe NFL level player, right, that's a big outside receiver that can win some contested catches, you would, you would, look at next year's offense and say, I mean, it, it's hard. It would be hard to say that that next year's offense would be missing much, right? The offensive line, I think is going to take another step forward next year with, with most of those guys returning quarterback, De'Eric King, I think is going to be the starter at some point, you know, I would, we'll get into it later, but I think he'll, I think he'll start game one. Um, the running backs, all three of those guys are coming back. We'll see with Brevin Jordan if he does come back. Um, you know, that's a huge boost. I think we saw Brevin Jordan take his game to another level over the last three games of the season. Same could be said of Mike Harley in the slot. The second half of the season, he was averaging 100 yards per game. Um, so if everyone comes back and they add this type of outside wide receiver, Miami's going to have a lot of answers on offense, and it's going to be interesting to watch. 
Yeah. Uh, one more thing on, on portal guys before we move along. Uh, DeAndre Johnson, like I'm close to, you know, kind of you can put a crystal ball pick in for a transfer. Like I think yeah. he there's a good chance he ends up at Miami. Um, yeah. Hurricanes, to my knowledge, uh, as of like two days ago, had not spoken with Ar- Owen Carney yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like DeAndre Johnson is going to be the guy. And for those unaware, played for David Cooney at um, Miami Southridge, was close with Mark Pope and D. Wiggins and DJ Scaife. So I, I think, you know, all signs kind of point to him coming to Miami. Now we'll see, like not reporting that, but like if I yeah. had to take a guess, like w- which transfer they get right now, it would probably be DeAndre. Let me ask you just real quick your sense of what positions Miami would value most in the portal. Is it the same that same opinion as us? Or do you feel like they want to go one wide receiver, one defensive end, and one other position? Well, I think they want to go defensive end, wide receiver, corner. Okay. Um, and I think if they, you know, had four counters, it would be another defensive end. But that's what that's just kind of my read and, and my feeling. And um, it all depends on the quality that's out there, right? Like yeah. If, if there's not a good corner in the portal, no sense in taking one, right? Um, right. But like if a Taiwan Mullen from Indiana enters the portal, uh, Miami should make a move, something like that, right? right? Right. All right. So we know we know what the De'Eric King injury is, right? Uh, ACL. And, you know, in, in their statement where Miami announced that, you know, it's an ACL, he's going to have surgery at UM Health, all that stuff. They said they expect him to, to be ready to play. Uh, they, they said they expect him ready for fall camp, right, which is August. Um, what, is your, what is your take on that? I don't know, man. Um, have you done reading into, like – Yes. Link- <laughs> okay. Well, I haven't done much reading. Uh, you know, I saw some people tossing out the idea of, like, can they delay – spring football and like he could come back and no. I'm like oh my god no way yeah spring is done right spring isn't gonna happen well the, the which, co- which which you know like it sucks for dr king okay like wanted to come back throw with his guys and all that stuff but i think right. if you're like a miami fan like dude this is kind of like setting you up perfectly for 2020 because now it's jake garcia versus tyler van dyke and those guys are fighting for first team reps and i guess peyton matocha is also in there and uh you know who knows what happens with Nikosi Perry. Right. Yes. So, you know, those guys will get opportunities to earn the starting job during that spring, that month of spring football, right? Are they going to be the starters in 2021? No, but they're going to be the starters during spring. And so that is a big chance to develop those players. But in terms of Derek King, you know, and look, these are all just best case scenarios, right? Um, There are examples of guys injuring, you know, having ACL tears in December and late December and returning for the first week of the, of the following season. And the majority of these examples are NFL. So, you know, if, if that's a big difference to you, then, then so be it. But like Adrian Peterson is probably the freakiest example, right? He is a running back where your ACL is really important. He tore it on December 24th in 2011 and started week one of the 2012 season. I think he ran for over 1,400, 1,500 yards, 
was in the MVP talks for that season. Um, the freakiest example in college in recent years is Amari Rogers at yeah, Clemson. I, I remember him. Who returned in like five or six months. Just ridiculous. I think that's unfair to expect, but that is an example. Carson Palmer uh, injured his ACL in a playoff game with the Bengals, returned the following year and threw for over 4,000 yards. RG3 had an ACL and LCL repaired after a playoff loss, returned the following year and threw for 3,200 yards in the NFL. Deshaun Watson tore his in early November, so it's a little different timeline, but he returned the following year, 2018, and threw for over 4,000 yards. So, you know, I do think, Derek, I do think it's realistic to expect him to start game one against Alabama. Now I will say one of the factors in all of this, unfortunately for Derek is luck. Like a lot of this rehab process is out of his control. Like I do think Derek is that type of guy who's going to take rehab very seriously. He's going to do everything in his power to make it a quick recovery. But there are, there are some factors outside of his control, like potential infections or inflammations or little setbacks that can happen during a rehab. And if those happen, of course, that pushes back the, the recovery timeline. So hopefully those things do not happen um, for Derek on his road back. But he, you know, if there is a guy, you know, at the college level that can make a quick recovery from this ACL injury and still be extremely productive in 2021, it is Derek King. He is that dude. He, he he has the mindset you want to attack this recovery. It does stink, like as you alluded to, this offseason was going to be a, a great opportunity for him to build the chemistry with the receiver group even more. So that's gone. Um, but still, you know, Derek showed this year. He, he didn't really have an offseason with these guys. And he went out and had, you know, arguably the best dual threat season by a Miami quarterback ever. And, uh, you know, so I think... My expectation is for him to start game one, Alabama 2021. Hmm. Okay. Well, real quick question from my end, and then we'll take a break and talk about potential staff changes. So do you think Miami tries to talk Nikosi Perry into staying? I don't know, to be honest. I mean, I, so I, I think he'll be here in the spring. Do you agree with that? Like, I think he, I think the best thing for Nikosi is to graduate. And I think he graduates at the end of the spring. Yeah. So I, I think, think about that. I think he'll be here in the spring. And I would say, you know, by May ish, when, when guys do graduate, Miami should have an idea as far as the timeline that Derek is on with his recovery. I would say if it's, if it's not looking good, if, if things aren't quite on track to start, against Alabama, you know, I would think those conversations would happen uh, with Nikosi, you know, trying to convince him to stay. If it looks like Derek's on track and, uh, you know, he's on track to start against Alabama, then I think, I, I think Ma Miami and Manny Diaz are going to do what's right for Nikosi. And I think if Derek is looking on track to start against Alabama, the best thing to have Nikosi do is explore his options. And if he can go out and find a, a starting quarterback job somewhere, they should let him go. Right. So 
maybe they let him enter the transfer portal, see what he can find. And if he can't find anything, he can always come back to Miami, right? Um, but if he can, then I think the best thing is to just let Nikosi um, go pursue that option. Do you think that's fair? No, I, I think you – I couldn't have put it any better. There you go. All right, quick break. Other side, probably what everyone tuned in for, <laughs> what we think with what's going on with the coaching. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, David. So again, this is Saturday afternoon. No changes yet to Miami staff. Um, but I do anticipate some things to happen. Yeah. Uh, from, from my understanding, Ephraim Banda is, I, wanna, I don't want to say definitely headed to Utah State, but I fully expect him to take that job. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when it'll be announced, but I think he's on the move. He wants to go run his own show. And sure. I don't think he will be the only person from Miami uh, headed out there to, where is it, Salt Lake City? I honestly don't know. I don't know where Utah State is. It is. Okay. I remember looking it up. So, yeah, I think um, someone else could follow him. Not a full-time, a current full-time assistant, but someone else in the building could be leaving to take a full-time position there. So I think that's, that's a possibility. Um, and I'll say this. I also I do not think Manny is parting ways with Blake Baker. Just based on what I've heard, what I know, I think there's a good chance that he – uh, will be, I don't even know if it's retained. Like, I just, I don't think that that change is happening. Um, what about you? Yeah. So, you know, Ephraim Banda, um, th- do you think he would take, you said the person you're, you're talking about is not an assistant. Do you think he would take any of the assistants with him or try to? I haven't heard anything along those lines. I think okay. there could be some guys that are off in off field roles that go with him. Um, because look, I'm assuming Blake Anderson at Utah State is giving him, you know, this is your run of the defense. You hire your guys, and he's probably going to want guys that are familiar with the system that he wants to run. That's just kind of how it works out in this progression. Right. You latch onto your guys, they follow you, and, and they and they climb up the ladder. So I think there would be a few, you know, maybe one or two that would go with them, and can't fault anyone for doing that. 
No, 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 of course not. Um, okay, so let's say, what is your take on this? Let's say my main idea is, I don't know if they would even announce this, or, but let's just say the next time Manny Diaz speaks with the media and he's at, let's say he, you know, Blake Baker is still the defensive coordinator. What if Manny Diaz says, okay, I'm going to be more hands-on with the defense than I have been as a head coach. Do you think, you know, in helping Blake Baker be the defensive coordinator, do you think that's a good move? Do you think that's something Manny Diaz should do? Do you think that is something that would appease the fan base? I think it's realistic what could happen. I don't think it's going to please the fan base. Um, and I, I mean, it doesn't really change much for me. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, th I think that's coming, right? I would assume that's what's going to happen at this point. Um, I just wonder, I wonder if, if Manny, like if Manny comes out and says, I'm going to be more hands-on with the defense. I wonder if that's just PR. I wonder if that's just, you know, is that different than what's been happening the last two years? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so I, I would be curious about that. Um, do you think, do you think other staff changes might happen too? Like you hinted the last podcast that, you know, Todd Stroud is one to watch because you know, obviously he has um, ongoing health issues right. and, you know, during a COVID season, it's stressful. I'm sure being, Todd Stroud. Um, I think he missed a game, didn't he? Yeah, North Carolina, I think a lot of assistants were out, including Coach Banda. Yeah. No, I think he missed a game before that. But, I mean, the, the, I, you know, he wasn't brought here for this role. So I think he could move back into a associate head coach, chief of staff type role. You know, I know that's what Ed, Ed Reed's um, title is or, or, or whatever, but – I think they could move. So I think he could move off the field is what I'm saying. Right. Um, and that would open up the door for them to hire a defensive line coach. Like, I think that is a real, based on conversation as I've had over the past right. couple of days, I think that's realistic, super realistic. Um, and if that were to happen, like me and you have already discussed potential names. I think your, your hot board has to start with Charlie Partridge <laughs> Yes. Um, who former FAU head coach now at Pittsburgh going to have three defensive linemen drafted in like the first two or three rounds. Yeah. Excellent recruiter. I think it would have to start with him. Recruit South Florida. Too. Yeah. Oh, he's, he is really good. I mean, obviously I went to Florida Atlantic, uh, but he's responsible for putting a, a ton of guys, recruiting a ton of guys at FAU that have ended up in the NFL, not only on the, um, defensive line, Harrison Bryant, the, the tight end uh, who won the Mackey Award, Devin Singletary. They're going to have another tight end drafted who's now at Northwestern, John Rain. So, like, I think you got to start there. Um, you know, who else could potentially be available is uh, Jess Simpson. You know, he's on that Atlanta Falcons staff. Right. Um, there's going to be change there. I, I don't know if that would excite me. So, some other name that I came up with today. Ooh. Brian Williams. He is, I thought he was the linebackers coach. But oh, he's actually okay. the defensive line coach at Maryland. He is a Carroll city grad um, was at UAB for three years as an assistant recruited a bunch of their guys like Christopher mole, that linebacker. I mean, if I don't know how familiar right. Miami fans are, but remember me and you kept talking about how good 
the front right. seven was for UAB. He recruited a ton of those guys. Uh, was the reason Maryland landed T2. Um, right. Got Ruben Hippolyte out of Broward County last year. I think he started as a freshman for Maryland. Um, and like he's got ties to South Florida. So I think he's a super attractive name the more I kind of looked into it. So those are just a, just a, just a few. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I like those names. You know, obviously, I think Charlie Partridge would be a grand slam. Um, you also cannot have a Miami Hurricanes defensive line hot board without oh, including Kevin Patrick. How could I forget? Um, so he would be certainly a, a name to, to monitor. Um, he's currently at FAU, correct? Yeah, he's at FAU. So they run a 3-4, I think, under Jim Levitt. Um but he had a, a, a freshman defensive tackle, nose guard, uh, earned some freshman All-American honors and played a really young unit. So, you know, that was my, my first real exposure because I do follow FAU. And I was like, this, you know, I can see it. And he's, and he's a good recruiter. Yes, he, he had a ton of guys at NC State uh, when he coached there, go on to the NFL. And then, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul, I'm sure that's where his Jim Levitt – uh, connection started he did a good job there at usf so obviously kevin patrick former kane i believe he's a former all-american at miami yeah. as well he's in the rafters uh, yeah so you know coaching change season and then are, are you hearing anything about mike rumpf he's another one that of course our message boards love <laughs> no. to chat about I, I, I don't know i i know he's <laughs> still on staff i mean that's that's all i know um, there. Is there was, any chance he goes off field? Like you said, Todd Stroud, right? Maybe Todd uh, Stroud goes off field. Is there any chance Mike Rumpf would go off off field? Potentially, but w- what role would he go to? I don't know. Like a quality control ish. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I've been I've been pondering that idea. Let me ask you, because um, I'm sure you you probably are, have already built out a hot board. Give me like one or two names that you think could make sense to. Um, replace Ephraim Banda? Well, I'll give you one I think we're in agreement with is uh, Nick Monroe, who's probably not a name that a lot of the listeners are familiar with, but he's the Syracuse safeties coach. And you can get into why he's a good fit from a recruiting standpoint, but I think he is going to have three defensive backs at Syracuse that have a chance to get drafted this year. Um, Maybe not super high picks, but still get drafted. And you know, my impression of him on the recruiting trail is that he is a dog. And I think, you know, that is one thing that Miami's going to have to replace in Ephraim Banda. He, he really did care about recruiting and did a good job with recruiting. Um, so tell it, do you know, what do you know about Nick Monroe? <laughs> I, 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 the more I think I've been thinking about this, like I've seen Nick Monroe at more schools in South Florida, stretching from uh, South Dade to, uh, Palm Beach Lakes in, in Dwyer. I've seen him w- at more schools than anyone else. Um, and that's yeah. dating back to his days at Bowling Green. He was there for like five years. I remember him wearing that Bowling Green ugly brown and orange wow. polo. Um, no, I agree. He would be, you know, not, a, I don't know if you, you consider him an upgrade over Ephraim Bonda when it comes to recruiting. I mean, similar, similar, right. And, and Bonda would be a, a loss. I mean, look, I, yes. we wrote, I, I don't know if we discussed it on this podcast, but Ephraim did something that no other Miami assistant has done since like 2008 signing 
back-to-back top-ranked players at the same position. You got James Williams and Avante Williams. Like that is a, that is definitely going to be a loss yes. for Miami. So I think Nick, Nick Monroe would make a ton of sense. And what I also like about him as a recruiter is he doesn't recruit just defensive backs. Um, like right. I was out at IMG Academy for this camp. Uh, I don't know earlier this week. I, I my days are all mixed up. And there was like a quarterback, and he's like, "Yeah, Nick Monroe's recruiting me." I'm like, "Can you imagine like a <laughs> Miami, like one of their defensive coaches being involved in in the recruitment of some quarterback? Like that just doesn't happen." Uh, it gets in there with offensive linemen, so I think he'd be good. Is there any other names that kind of jump out to you? I mean, there's a bunch of yeah. I mean, realistic name. I mean, there's intriguing names, but I'll just throw another maybe you know realistic name. I'll go UCF defensive backs coach Corey Bell, who, you know, was he's he's in that Randy Shannon uh, coaching circle. He's followed Randy since he was the uh, director of football operations at UM under Randy. Um, and, and really, the the play there is more just like recruiting. Um, you know, Corey Bell has a lot of ties to Dade County, North Miami Dade County, so. Um, I think he would he would do a good job of recruiting. Um, what about you? You got another name for me? <laughs> I sent you like a hundred. Um, no, I don't have anyone that jumps out off the top of my head. Okay, what I think you? I do think Nick Monroe is a good fit, right? Like realistic fit. Like right, and I think there's value there, right? And so, if you wanna, I don't know how much money you know Miami has to spend, but if you got to spend a ton of money to get Charlie Partridge. I would do that and then, you know, hire a, a hungry up and comer like Nick Monroe. That's, that's how I would allocate those funds. Hmm. All right. Last thing I want to tackle because I'm like two and two on this. I think you're zero and two. <laughs> Did I say Cam Harris is leaving? I don't know. Someone's got to run the tape back, but he's okay. staying. Derek King's staying. So there's a few more guys. I think we should discuss whether they're going to leave Miami early for the NFL draft or not. I'm going to start this off by saying, um, have heard that Brevin and Bubba Bolden as of like 5 PM on Saturday. <laughs> like, I don't think they, I don't think they've informed Miami with what they're doing. Okay. Um, and I was playing around in the pro football focus. Like you can do like a full four round mock draft thing. And right. like, I was, I don't know who I was drafting for. I was just messing around, but like both Brevin and Bubba's name came up in like the third and fourth round. Like that's where they're kind of slotted. And I have heard from someone I trust that, you know, both those guys and, you know, this could be secondhand. I'm not like reporting this or writing this. They've received grades that received grades that are around like third to fifth round. Um, Right. So they're going to have to make decisions. So let's start with Brevin. Do you think he stays or you think he goes? I'm going to say going. I think think he goes. I think so too. I don't know what I said last time. I don't know either. (laughs) I think you said he was 50-50. That's it. Right. I think if he goes, Bubba goes. Fair. Um, I'm going to say Bubba stays, though. Okay. Okay. Uh, Nesta, I am under the impression he's staying. I'll go staying. Like, not reporting that again, but I've right. heard enough to where I think he's staying. Yes, I agree. I think he's going to stay as well. Okay, and then this last one, I don't. I mean, I might be missing some people. I don't know, like Jared Williams. Like, I don't. I don't know. But uh, right. what about Mike Harley? What do you think he does? 
I think he stays, man. I, th- I always thought Mike Harley was tied to De'Ara King. So, you know, with De'Ara staying, I think Mike Harley is going to stay. And I think it would be smart for him to stay. He, he took his game to another level during the second half of the season. I think if he continues that momentum for a whole year, I think he will legitimately have a shot to get drafted. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think he would get drafted this year. Um, but not everyone loves college. I'm not saying that's the case with Mike Harley. It's just some, sometimes you're over it and, and want to move on to the next phase of your life. But I think Mike Harley will stay. I, I think so too. There was video of him training somewhere in Broward County with um, Jacoby George, the, yeah. the Miami wide receiver signee. So maybe he's kind of taken him under his wing. That's cool. Yeah. I, um, I agree. I saw that too. and thought it was a good sign. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to get into? I just saw a tweet. Maybe Dan Mullen to the Jets. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I do think Dan Mullen is an, an, more of an NFL guy because, you know, he doesn't enjoy the recruiting side of things, obviously. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, you know, stay locked. I'm sure all of this, you know, news we're, we're talking around right now will become officially official here in the next few days. And we'll have even more reaction, more coach names, more hot boards, yeah. all that good stuff. So stay locked onto the site and, and you know, keep subscribing and, and giving us five-star reviews on the podcast because we, we appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know if anyone watched the Declaration Day special. There was a commercial uh, for 24-7 yeah. Sports. Mentioned inside the unit, and I think, you know, it wasn't in focus, but you could see the Through the Smoke yeah, uh, podcast logo. I saw it. We're getting love. I thought we should get more love, but it's fine. I'm with you. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Take care.